Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Two groups on today's show. In the second half of the program, Dennis Osment with C7 will join me in studio. We start off with Allison Duete with Team Mercy. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. All right, so we were trying to figure it out off mic. Jason Dyke with Carson's Village recommended you guys. Yes. I only work through recommendations, and he had great things to say about you guys. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you again. All right, so I always start out with the basics. Talk to me about Team Mercy. What are you guys? What do you do? Team Mercy is a nonprofit charity organization that supports children when they lose a brother or sister. We specifically support um, the children and the families um, by doing three things. We offer them age-appropriate grief resource packets that include grief journals, brochures on how to cope with grieving for their parents, how to parent while grieving, and other things like that. So that's the grief journals. And then the second thing we do is we offer Mercy's Gift, which is a funding for an extracurricular academic or mental health activity that the child is involved in. And we try to fund that for a semester or more to to bring normalcy to the child because it's an activity that they've been involved in before they lost their children, before they lost their sibling, rather, and then after they've uh, learning life after they've lost their sibling, learning that new normal. That is something that I read on your website, which is teammercy.org. Using a situation that they were comfortable in to help them remain comfortable. Yes. Yes, that is the that is one of our main focuses because we we know there's research out there that says if you can have continuity um, during a major time of grief, then you can have a better healing process. Is normalcy what you're shooting for? Is that the goal of Team Mercy? The goal of Team Mercy is to facilitate a healthy new normal because they're never going to be back to the normal that they knew before they lost their sibling, but they will they can have a a new healthy normal. So that's our goal. A new healthy normal. Mm -hmm. When did this organization start? This organization began really in 2012 and kind of kicked off full speed in 2014. So it's been around for a while, but not too long. Not too long. Relatively new still. Relatively new. Now, you are the founder of this organization. Why did this organization start? So this organization came about um, and is named after Mercy Elizabeth Whitfield, who is our third child. And when we found out we were pregnant with her, um, we found out also that she had a fatal diagnosis um, of trisomy 13, which is a genetic condition that's deemed incompatible with life. We uh, chose to carry her to term, and she was born and lived for 13 days. Now, in the meantime of that process, I knew there was nothing we could do for her um, in changing her genetic makeup. But I did know that her brother and sister, who are older um, and were two and three at the time, um, I knew that they would be grieving the loss of a sibling. And so I started looking for resources for them to help them on their grief journey once Mercy was born and had passed. And I found very, very little. 
And because of that, um, I wanted to become or build a clearinghouse of resources for families so that when they have the loss of a child, whether it's an infant or a young child or a teenager, that there are resources available for those parents to give to their children, their surviving siblings, uh, to navigate the grief journey. Why only focus on the kids and not everybody that's going to be dealing with this? Adults, I, adults definitely need help with this stuff too. I, adults definitely need help with that too. And we do believe that a healthy grieving parent helps foster a healthy grieving child. And so that's why in our grief packet, there are resources for parents. But because there are already organizations that offer grief resources specifically for parents and grandparents, um, we did not feel the need to reinvent that wheel. There, there's a lot of organizations out there doing a great job, and but there are not a lot of organizations that are geared specifically towards children. Why do you think that was overlooked? In my conversations with many grief counselors and uh, people that are in the the grief industry, I guess you could call it that. Um, <laughs> it's a weird term. But, a I weird mean, I don't term, know what else but, you would call um, it. Sibling grief is almost a disenfranchised grief, as in people find out, oh, you lost your mother are you doing okay? Or, oh, you lost your child, are you doing okay? But when you lose a brother or sister, it's not something that people really acknowledge, whether you're a young person or an old person. You're just kind of, oh, well, do you, do you know what I mean? It wasn't your parent right. or your child. Right. So it, it's an odd, it's an odd, it's an odd circumstance, and I think people don't understand how to deal with it or approach it. Approach it or address it. And it's so more than a friend, less than a parent, but it's none of those things of at those the same things. time. That's right. Mm-hmm. So... This is why we support the siblings, because they're kind of a forgotten group. So this really started, you were looking for ways to help your kids and get this figured out for them. For them. You knew that you had resources, but you realized they did not have resources. Correct. Now, there's always a big jump between discovering something and starting something. Right. <laughs> You've already got two kids. <laughs> I've already got two kids. I know you already have a job. <laughs> yes, you got a lot in your plate. I do. I do. But I feel very passionate that children um, who are experiencing the death of a sibling, they need resources. They need connect. Their parents need resources to to help them facilitate and go through that grief journey in a healthy way. And and if that's what has if I have to do it, then that <laughs> then that's what it's going to take. And so that's what we did. Do you feel that this process that that's how this process went for you? I feel like it is that that was well, I feel like it was a natural um, progression of things. One of the things that happened in our story is um, our two children who were um, two and three at the time uh, were attended a preschool and we were unsure of our situation and what would happen with Mercy our daughter, um, and we had considered taking them out of their preschool and kind of changing up their situation a little bit. Um, and our the, the director of the preschool said, you know, they need to have continuity. They need to have normalcy. And so whatever it takes, we're going to make it happen so that they can stay in this group, in this environment. And then probably about a year after Mercy's death, reflecting on what was, what were the most helpful things in in the last year, it was that continuity for the kids that really did help them, which is how Mercy's Gift got started. And that's how Team Mercy began, is we wanted to offer Mercy's Gift to other kids and help them in their situation, whatever it may be, continue their new normal. Was that the, is that the main pillar that of is, the organization? That was the main pillar of the organization. It's only in the last two years that we've been giving out the grief packets that we do. 
in general, do you think it was easier or harder for the kids to be that young when dealing with such a hard subject? Because I could see it going either way. You know, I think um, from what I have learned and what I have gathered um, in research and, and such, um, kids grieve continually. Um, maybe not on a daily basis, but as they as they hit markers um, through adolescence and in their teenage years, and as they go through different parts of their maturing, they're going to relive and and grieve in a new way that loss. And I've seen that with my own uh, two older children um, throughout their maturity. I had, so yeah, it's I think it's a continuum. Did you realize that having this tent pole that you have discovered, did you realize it right away? Did you know that this, oh, this is important. This is really going to be something we can build an organization around. Or was it the passage of time where you noticed that, oh, this was effective? Because you mentioned that there was a year where you, you noticed it. Yes. I think we've grown to, to know that it has been effective and it has helped. It has helped children because now we've been able to give out so many Mercy's Gift Awards. We've been able to see how it has affected and and those particular children and how it's helped them on their grief journey. Allison Duete is the founder of Team Mercy. You can find them online at teammercy.org. Talk to me about the very beginning of starting the organization, going back to that idea of we're starting an organization now to help people that are in our situation. You found out that the idea of Mercy's gift was going to be how you started it. Was that the only thing you guys did for a while? That was the only thing we did for the first four years. First four years. Yes, that was the only thing we did. How did you get the word out? How did you let people know that this was a thing? Uh, it was very much by word of mouth and um, connections to other groups. Um, I was on several group Facebook groups and other um, organizations. I made connections with other parents that had lost a child in, in various forms. Um, and so I was able to reach out to those groups and share with them what we were doing that we were being able to offer Mercy's Gift, and that's how it was referral. Now, as far as Mercy's Gift is concerned, what are good examples of how this process worked or what kids were being involved with? Was it after-school activities? Was it in-school activities? What were these gifts? So these gifts have funded things such as oboe lessons, um, dance lessons, um, karate, a language camp, um, that was a summer program that one child had been going to um, every summer, and then their sibling passed away, and they wanted to continue to go to it again. So we funded that. Um, math tutoring. Another child was in an after-school math tutoring session, and they wanted to continue with that. So That we, kid wanted the math that, tutoring. That kid wanted to continue. Karate class, I get it. <laughs> he wanted I get to continue that. his math tutoring. Okay. So, so we funded that. Um, another, We've had another child that... Um, it was a preschool uh, situation, so we helped fund their preschool for a semester. We had another child who did equine horse therapy, mm. and so um, they had done that with their sibling, and they wanted to continue that after that her, their sibling had passed, and so we funded that horse therapy for them. Is it keeping the kid busy? Is it making sure that they have something fun, or is it really that path of keeping things steady for them? It's a it's a path of keeping things things steady for them. When we award a Mercy's gift, we don't um, give that funding to the family. We give that funding to the organization where they participate, mm. and we contact that that organization and say and tell them this is who we are and this is what we're doing, and you are making a difference in a child's life that so much so that they want to continue in this. Nine times out of ten, they're all aware of the situation, um, and we help them under 
help them to understand that by continuing to have that child be there and to be their teacher, their coach, their mentor, whatever role that they're in, that they are, they might not be a certified grief counselor, but they are walking that grief walk with that child in just being in their own capacity. After four years, you decided to expand. What was the reasoning behind that? I had been able to um, accumulate a vast amount of resources from a local area and a national level of resources that I could share with other families. And I had people uh, contacting me to say, hey, do you have a connection for this resource or do you know about this grief camp or whatever? And because we don't want to do any particular programming, there are already groups out there that are doing programming, we decided to share those programs and those um, organizations with our with the families and say, this is what's available to you. And because we didn't have that that readily at our fingertips when we um, experienced Mercy, Mercy's birth and death, I wanted other families to be able to say, oh, there's this available. Oh, here's a brochure for this camp. And here is another one for how to parent while grieving, or this is another one. This is a grief journal that's specifically for my age child. I'm going to walk, I'm going to do this journal with them or hand it to them because they're a, a teenager or what have you. Giving resources to make sure that they can get their bases covered. Yes, and we we give them resources of all kinds, um, secular and religious, and let them choose what's right for their family because I can't choose what's going to be right for another family in their grief process. So we give them as much as we have to let them choose for themselves. It sounds like you did a lot of research. Was that always in your bones? Are you a research type person? <laughs> yes, I'm a research type person. So there was a part of you that kind of enjoyed this <laughs> yes. because my wife, I call them black holes. Yes. She'll just get on the internet and just go. Yes. And then it, it's just, you know, who knows when she will pop back up. Mm-hmm. But when she's back, she's got all the information in the world. Yes. So that was something exactly. that definitely helped Team Mercy. Yes. Yes. All right. You were able to pass that along. <laughs> yes. What age children are you normally dealing with? Um, we have uh, run the gamut of age children. So we have given um, grief packets to children as young as two um, to, to as old as 19 and 20. I think the oldest one was 22 or 23. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, that was an out-of-state one. So, I mean, older. So older, older, because a college-age student can lose a sibling as well and it can affect them as well. Are you developing your own materials? We are pulling from various resources, uh, from various sources. Um, we are not developing our own material as far as like a pamphlet or anything for for that, but we're pulling from other resources. Are there other nor- national organizations that you work with or people across the country that you s- have seen do similar things? This is something that I think could be nationwide. Right. I have information that I pull from, like the Dougie Center, which is a child grief organization. And then there's another organization called What's Your Grief that is a online organization. Uh, we utilize a lot of their resources as well. They have some child-specific things. And they have one pamphlet that is, uh, that is sibling-specific. But there are, not a lot of, we're, there are not a lot of resources that are sibling loss-specific. So we have to pull them and kind of, kind of create, the, create our own warehouse of it kind of sounds like you're developing your own program. Yes. You're using other resources, but when you throw them all together, it's, you're developing it's something. Yes. Have you thought about doing your own? Yes. <laughs> you say it reluctantly, but that is exciting. That, yes, it is. It is exciting, but it's just a giant, it's a giant undertaking. It's a giant undertaking. Yes. 
Well, I I like where you guys are at, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you do. How large of an organization is this? How many people are involved with Team Mercy? On a on a weekly basis. <laughs> so this is already a loaded question. <laughs> About four. About four people. <laughs> yes. Wow. We do, do you, this out of our home. So the reason why I asked that question or I preface it like that, are you looking to expand? Oh, we are looking to expand, yes. 100%. How large of an organization do you dream this I to dream be? I dream this to be a national organization. And that's and, and you are actively working towards yes. that? Yes. So what steps are we taking? <laughs> what are we doing? So um, the one of the first steps we've taken um, is we have received a grant from the One Wing Foundation to have our our Team Mercy brochure, which tells about our grief packets and our Mercy's gift and the Miles of Mercy, which I haven't shared with you about yet. Um, but that is um, being translated into Spanish. Interesting. So we would like to be able to reach more people in um, the Spanish-speaking community so that they know that these resources are available to them. Okay. So that's one of the first steps that we're taking. All right. So And we're now um, working to get into our, our local community in the school district and in the city to partner with the city. Um, and then we're also working with Children's Hospital, which is how we're getting to do to put on the May 11th event for siblings. Yes, you guys have a, an event coming up on May 11th called Remembering You. And we are going to talk a little bit more about that coming up. How long do people generally take part in your services? Have you noticed uh, a time frame that is common or is this an ongoing thing? Well, once we give them their the grief packets or the Mercy's gift, um, usually that is for that year, and we don't have a lot of continual support until now where we're working with this sibling event. Um, so we're hoping to connect with them for a longer period of time. You work with a four-man team, including <laughs> yourself. Yes. Talk to me about the relationships that you develop with the people that you're helping. I have to imagine that it becomes a super tight bond. It is. It um, some parents that reach out just because it usually is parents that reach out for their for that information for their children. Um, some parents I have a a good strong connection with because I've spoken with them. Most of the families I know their their story, mm. um, their child's story, and then their sibling story and how um, and their family dynamics. Some I do not. They've just uh, requested it, uh, and we've sent them on. So it just kind of depends on on which which family it is. But we are. So some people do like to remain very private about this yes. stuff, even yes. though they're incurring the services. Yes. I would think that it would that there would be more of a bond there, but I, I think it makes sense to go both ways. Well, some parents just want the information for their children um, because usually if it's a parent that's requested it, that parent has lost a child. So it may take them time to come back and revisit us after they've utilized those resources and then then come back and reconnect. Is it important to get your services at a certain time frame? Earlier the better, the or does it matter? Earlier the better. Um, it it does. It really doesn't matter, but at the but it does in that um, the earlier the better because we have those resources for that fresh loss, as well as some resources for um, loss that has happened time in a long time manner. You mentioned a program that you said that you wanted to talk about. What was that? Oh, the Miles of Mercy. Yes. So that's another. Thing that we do um, because there are there's a group of us that are um, that are bonded with Team Mercy. Um, those that group of people are are runners or active people, and so what we do is once a year at least we get together and we do a crazy amount of adventure running, and we <laughs> run 200 or more miles 
and each of those miles that we run, we dedicate to a sibling set. So we dedicate each mile to a living, the, the child that has passed and their living siblings so that um, those children's names are called together. They're called and they're written. Many times when a child dies, that child's name is never is spoken of very infrequently or written infrequently. And so we want to um, do that for that family unit so that we acknowledge the child that is passed and the child and the children that are living. Do you say adventure running? Yes. What is that? <laughs> um, well, we've done uh, some trail runs, like, okay. like a Ragnar event. All right. That is what we've just done uh, last year, and we'll do that again this year in 2019. Now, you said up to 200 miles? Up to 200 miles. What kind of time frame are we looking it's a, at here? It's a 36-hour event. Thirty. Wait, 200 miles in 36 well, hours? there's a team of 12 to 18 of us. Oh, okay. I thought, <laughs> I thought your whole team was doing this long march no, to the sea. Okay, no, all right. No. So there's a group of us that do a relay race. All right. Um, and we and each leg of that relay race or each mile of that relay race is dedicated to a sibling set. And if you don't know the exact number, it is fine. But how many people would you say have used your services to date? How many people have you helped? We've given out um, over 65 grief packets in the last year. And we've given out, I think, over... 21 Mercy's Gifts. What are your expansion numbers? How many, do you kind of set numbers to that? Uh, that we've you started want? doing that this year. Um, How do you have that I set up? I hope that I don't have to give out 200 gift, grief packets. Right, of course. But we are slated and budgeted for 200 grief packets this year. 200 and, for and this year. And nine more Mercy's Gifts. And how many have you done, did you say, so far? 65. 65 already? 65 in the last calendar year. In the last so, calendar year. In the year. last calendar year. We've okay. only given out seven, I think, in the last... I was just going to say, it's only February. It's only February. We've only given out about seven um, okay. in the last two months. But you're looking at 200, and that We're is looking, the most that you have done? That, that, yes. The most that we have done to date is, um, I think, under 100. Okay, so big so, expansion. Big expansion because we're um, we're doing the grief packets in Spanish. So, so that's would, where those hoping, numbers came yes, from. Yes. Was there a reason why this is the year that you're looking to expand? No, it's just that that's the that's the, the time. time frame. It's the time frame. That's it's the time. time frame. It's time to expand. It's time to expand. Is mm-hmm. that exciting? It is. It you're, is. Yeah. <laughs> you're very excited. <laughs> it's exciting and it's 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 nerve-wracking, but it's very exciting. Is it the growth of this organization that you find exciting or is it the idea that you are helping people? It's the idea that we're helping people that we're able to reach kids and help their parents help them to grieve in a healthy way you focus so much on kids and other people what has this done for you personally um it's given me an opportunity to call my daughter's name and people want to hear about it and so it gives me an opportunity to share her story was that hard to do at first yes yeah i think so um just in that it's a very personal thing, um, but it's not hard in that I love sharing my kids. Just I think about any parent who likes to share their children. Um, so it's it's hard in that when you say, oh, my child died, usually people go, oh, I'm sorry. And then that's the end of the conversation. Um, but with Team Mercy and Mercy's Gift and all the things that we do around that, I'm able to share her story and say, this is what we're doing in honor of her um, and so she's making a difference, and we're making a difference in honor of her. You're a very upbeat person. Thanks. <laughs> was, <laughs> I mean, is this your natural state, or is this something that you had to learn? I think a lot of people would 
work really hard to be where you're at in general. Maybe. Not necessarily under circumstances like these. Right. So. I think I'm a generally upbeat person to begin with. But I knew, I will say that when um, when we found out Mercy's diagnosis, I remember thinking, I wonder what I will be like because I'll be different. And now I don't remember what I was like before that. And so I just know that this is this is me now. All right. You, you have this event coming up on May 11th, Remembering You, Sharing Our Sibling Stories. Yes. Sharing Our Sibling Stories. Yes. Tell me about this event. So um, in my um, meeting with other people, um, in making connections for Team Mercy and finding out their stories, I have heard many, um, many friends tell me their story of sibling loss and share their their stories of how sibling loss affected them as a child, as a teenager, as a college student, as an adult, and what choices they made, and, and now as a parent, and how they just now have shared, some of them had just now shared with their own children that they had an uncle or an aunt mm-hmm. that had passed. And hearing those stories um, from those various people, I felt compelled to offer for them an opportunity for them to share their story with more than me and with each other and to know that there are other people that have lost a sibling and that grieve in a similar way to them and that that is normal and okay and that this is this is something that if you've lost a sibling, it's normal to go through. Talking about it really does seem to help. It, it really does seem to help. And so this um, event, this Remembering You, is just that. It's just an opportunity for people who have lost a sibling in their lifetime to come and share their stories. We're offering it to people 13 and up. It's not for young children. It's for teenagers and up. And they can they can have lost their sibling um, very recently or a long time in the past. Um, then we invite them to come. Is this the first event that this you're doing? This is the first event that we're doing. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> both? Both, both, both. I'm excited and I'm nervous, um, but I'm mostly grateful for the opportunity to give people an, a voice. Are you looking to build a community? I hope so. I hope so. I know that there are lots of grief communities um, out there that do uh, like Grief Share and, and other places, but this is specifically for people who have lost a sibling. I know there's, there are some for um, if you've lost a spouse, so if you're widowed or widower, and if you've lost a child, there are, there are spaces for that too. But this is specifically for that community. If people want to get involved with Team Mercy, if they want to use your services, what's the best way for them to do that? They can go on our website, teammercy.org, and they can e- email us at info at Team Mercy, and we will get all their information. Are you looking for volunteers? We would love volunteers. <laughs> We, to do we anything. We love volunteers. Well, we need volunteers to help at our event. We need volunteers to help put together grief packets. Um, we need volunteers that have a passion for web design <laughs> <laughs> or other such things as that. Um, so there's always an opportunity um, where your gifts uh, could be utilized to help help build this community. Once again, the event is on May 11th. It is called Remembering You sharing our sibling stories. It's happening at First Methodist in Richardson Yes. on May 11th. Their website, teammercy.org. I've been speaking with their founder, Allison Duarte. Thank you so much for stopping by. It was great speaking with you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 